0: Hello everyone, I am Pragati Zogrekar. I teach physics for grade 9th in Podar International School Sangli. Today, I will be talking about Newton's laws of motion. Basically, there are three Newton's laws. First law states that everybody will continue to be in rest or in a motion unless there is some external force applied on it which means any body which is at rest will be continued to be at rest till the time there is some external force applied. Similarly if the body is in motion the body will continue to be in motion unless there is some external force applied on it. So this concept of Newton gave rise to the new word or new term that is inertia which means. It is a natural tendency of a body to remain in a state of rest or in a motion. That is called as inertia. But as all of us know that every body has got a tendency to resist its change. It is obviously directly proportional to mass. More the mass, more will be the inertia. Less the mass, less will be the inertia. And this is why the first law of motion is also known as law of inertia. So children this inertia are of three types one is inertia of rest, inertia of motion and inertia of direction. This inertia of rest is the tendency of a body to continue in its rest position that means if the body is at rest it will continue to be at rest inertia of motion is the tendency of a body to continue in its state of motion and inertia of direction is the tendency of a body to oppose any change in its direction now let us see different examples of inertia's if a striker hits a pile of coins on a carom board the lowest coin moves out and due to the inertia of rest the other coins just fall down. Second example if a coin placed on a playing card or a tumbler and if the tumbler is flipped out due to the finger because of rest inertia of rest the coin will just fall down into the tumbler. Now let us see the example of inertia of motion. When we travel in a car and the driver suddenly applies the brake, we tend to fall forward due to inertia of motion. Let us see now the other example. When we are standing in a bus and the bus begins to move suddenly, we tend to fall backward because our feet are in a contact with the floor. But the upper part of the body, continues to be at rest due to inertia of rest. Yes, so these are some of the examples of inertia of rest and inertia of motion. Let us give, let me give the example of inertia of direction. When the car is moved in a water or is moved on the ground where there is a lot of water, You might have seen because of inertia of direction the water is splashed in all the direction. I will give you one more example. You might have seen when you sit in a marigold round you are moving in a circular direction so even if you just come out you feel still you are sitting in a circular motion or in a wind gem or in a marigold round. So, these are the these are the examples and these are the statements of inertia of mass or uh, these are the examples or these are the definition for law of inertia. Thank you. Hello everyone. I am Pragati Zoghoyekar, in previous audio clip we have talked about Newton's first law of motion and in today's audio clip you will be able to learn the momentum of a body and Newton's second law. The momentum of a body is the product of its mass and velocity. Momentum equal to mass into velocity. And its SI unit is kg meter per second. So if a body is at rest, its velocity is zero. So the momentum is also zero. For example, a truck moving at a very low speed can kill a person standing in its path because of heavy mass of the truck. A bullet of small mass, when fired from a gun, can kill a person because of large velocity of the bullet. So, the impact of the body depends upon its mass and velocity. If we drop two bodies, one light and one heavy from the top of a tower simultaneously, it is easier to catch the lighter one because of its mass, as velocity is same in the air resistance. And this is how there is an impact of momentum that is mass into velocity on the bodies. Now let us talk about Newton's second law of motion. Newton's second law of motion states that the rate of change of momentum of an object is proportional to the applied force in the direction of force. Mathematically, if an object of mass m is moving along a straight line with initial velocity u and is accelerated to velocity v in time t by applying a force then initial momentum p1 will be equal to mass into u that is initial velocity final momentum will be p2 will be equal to mass into v that is v Now as we have to find the change in velocity it is going to be P2 minus P1 that equal to MV minus MU. If you substitute the rate of change of momentum it is going to be mass into V minus U upon T. To remove the proportionality sign we know we have to take a constant as force is equal to rate of change of momentum. And that is the reason we take f equal to k m v minus u upon t where v minus u upon t is nothing but acceleration which says it is change in velocity upon time. Therefore, we have force is equal to k that is proportionality constant in mass into acceleration or force equal to mass into acceleration. The SI unit of mass is kg and acceleration is meter per second square. Hence, the unit of force is kg meter per second square or Newton. Thank you. Hello everyone, I am Pragati Zoghakar. In previous audio clip we have talked about Newton's first law of motion and in today's audio clip you will be able to learn the momentum of a body and Newton's second law. The momentum of a body is the product of its mass and velocity. Momentum equal to mass into velocity and its SI unit is kg meter per second. So if a body is at rest its velocity is zero so the momentum is also zero. For example a truck moving at a very low speed can kill a person standing in its path because of heavy mass of the truck. A bullet of small mass when fired from a gun can kill a person because of large velocity of the bullet. The impact of the body depends upon its mass and velocity. If we drop two bodies, one light and one heavy, from the top of a tower simultaneously, it is easier to catch the lighter one because of its mass, as velocity is same in the air resistance. And this is how there is an impact of momentum, that is mass into velocity, on the bodies. Now let us talk about Newton's second law of motion. Newton's second law of motion states that the rate of change of momentum of an object is proportional to the applied force in the direction of force. Mathematically, if an object of mass M is moving along a straight line with initial velocity U and is accelerated to velocity V in time T by applying a force then initial momentum p1 will be equal to mass into u that is initial velocity final momentum will be p2 will be equal to mass into v that is v now as we have to find the change in velocity it is going to be p2 minus p1 that equal to mv minus mu if you substitute the rate of change of momentum it is going to be mass into V minus U upon T. To remove the proportionality sign we know we have to take a constant as force is equal to rate of change of momentum and that is the reason we take F equal to K M V minus U upon T where V minus U upon T is nothing but acceleration which says it is change in velocity upon time. Therefore, we have force is equal to k that is proportionality constant in mass into acceleration or force equal to mass into acceleration. The SI unit of mass is kg and acceleration is meter per second square. Hence, the unit of force is kg meter per second square or Newton Thank you Hello students I am Pragati Zogarekar. Today I am going to talk about the chapter motion We are just going to revise some concepts of the chapter motion A reference point is used to describe the location of an object An object can be referred through many reference points. Origin – the reference point that is used to describe the location of an object. For example, a Neve restaurant is opening shortly at a distance of 5 km north from my house. Here, the house is the reference point that is used for describing where the restaurant is located. What is motion? If the location of an object changes with the time, the object is said to be in motion. Motion in a straight line Distance The distance covered by an object is described as the total path length covered by an object between two endpoints. Distance is a numerical quantity. We do not mention the direction in which an object is travelling while mentioning about the distance covered by that object. Displacement The shortest possible distance between the initial and final position of an object is called displacement. Displacement depends upon the direction in which the object is travelling. Zero displacement When the first and last positions of an object are same, the displacement is considered as zero. Scalar and Vector Quantities A scalar quantity describes a magnitude or a numerical value. The vector quantity describes the magnitude as well as the direction. Hence, the distance is a scalar quantity while displacement is a vector quantity. Let me just talk about the difference between distance and displacement. First point under distance, distance provides the complete details of the path taken by the object. Displacement does not provide the complete details of the path taken by the object. Distance is always positive. Displacement can be positive, negative or zero. Distance is a scalar quantity where a displacement is a vector quantity. The distance between two points may not be unique, but the displacement between two points is always unique. Now let me just talk about the uniform motion. When an object travels equal distances in equal interval of time, the object is said to have a uniform motion. What is non-uniform motion? When an object travels unequal distances and equal interval of time, the object is said to have a non-uniform motion. Average speed. If the motion of an object is non-uniform, then we calculate the average speed to signify the rate of motion of that object. Therefore, average speed is nothing but it is a total distance travelled upon total time taken. To describe the rate of motion in a direction, the term velocity is used. It is defined as the speed of an object in a particular direction. Therefore, velocity equals to displacement upon time. SI unit is meter. Symbol of representation is meter per second Average velocity in case of uniform motion is average velocity equals to initial velocity plus final velocity upon 2 and average velocity in case of non-uniform motion is equal to total displacement upon total time taken. Now let me just talk about instantaneous speed and instantaneous velocity. The magnitude of speed or velocity at a particular instance of time is called instantaneous speed or velocity. Uniform motion In case of uniform motion, the velocity of an object remains constant with change in time, hence the rate of change of velocity is said to be zero in non-uniform motion in case of non-uniform motion the velocity of an object changes with time this rate of change of velocity per unit time is called acceleration its SI unit is meter per second square an object is said to have a uniform acceleration if it travels along a straight path its velocity changes by equal amount in equal interval of time. Non-uniform acceleration. An object is said to have a non-uniform acceleration if its velocity changes by unequal amounts in unequal interval of time. Acceleration is also a vector quantity. The direction of acceleration is the same if the velocity is increasing in the same direction such acceleration is called positive acceleration. The direction of acceleration becomes positive as that of velocity if velocity is decreasing in a direction. Such acceleration is called negative acceleration or deacceleration or even it is called as retardation. Negative acceleration it is again also called as deacceleration, or retardation. Thank you so much.
1: Hello dear students. Today we will have the revision of the topic Why do we fall ill? Health is the state of physical, mental and social well-being. The health of an individual is dependent on his or her physical surrounding, and his her or her economic status. Diseases are classified as acute or chronic depending on their duration. Disease may be due to infectious or non-infectious causes. Infectious agents belong to the different categories of organism and may be unicellular and microscopic or multicellular. The category to which the disease causing organism belongs decides the type of treatment. Infectious agents are spread through air, water, physical contact, or vectors. Prevention of the disease is more desirable than its successful treatment. Infectious disease can be prevented by public health hygiene measures that reduce the exposure. To the infectious agents. Infectious disease can also be prevented by using immunization. Effective prevention of infectious disease in the community requires that everyone should have access to public hygiene and immunization. Thank you. Hello students, I am Mrs. Varsha Kohli, teaching for grade 9th, Biology. So today we will be learning about the lesson, Cell, the Fundamental Unit of Life. The fundamental organization unit of life is the cells. Cells are enclosed by the plasma membrane composed of lipids and proteins. The cell membrane is an active part of the cell. It regulates the movement of material between the ordered interior of the cell and the outer environment. The plant cells, a cell wall composed mainly of cellulose, is located outside the cell membrane. The presence of cell wall enables the cells of plants like fungi and bacteria to exit in hypotonic media without bursting. The nucleus in the eukaryotes is separated from the cytoplasm by double-layered membrane and it directs the life processes of the cell. The endoplasmic reticulum functions both as a passageway for intracellular transport and as a manufacturing surface. The Golgi apparatus consists of stacks of membrane-bound vesicles that functions in the storage, modification and packaging of the substances manufactured in the cell. Most plant cells have large membranous organelles called plastids which are of two types Chromoplast and Leucoplast. Chromoplasts that contain chlorophyll are called as chloroplast and they perform photosynthesis. The primary function of leucoplast is storage. Most mature plant cells have a large central vacuole that helps to maintain the turgidity of the stem and stores important substances, including waste. Prokaryotes have no membrane-bound organelles. Their chromosomes are composed of only nucleic acid and they have only very small ribosomes as organelles. Hello students, here Mrs. Varsha Kohli, chemistry teacher for grade 9. The topic which we will be discussing today is, Is Matter Around Us Pure? The objective behind this topic is to study the properties of pure and impure substances. Basically, the matter is classified in pure substances that is elements and compounds, whereas impure substances mixtures. A mixture contains more than one substance mixed in any proportion. Mixtures can be separated into pure substances using appropriate separation techniques. The techniques are evaporation, separating funnel, sublimation, crystallization, centrifugation, chromatography, distillation and fractional distillation. A solution is a homogeneous mixture of two or more substances. The major component of solution is called the solvent and the minor the solute. The concentration of solution is the amount of solute present per unit volume or per unit mass of solute solution. Materials that are insoluble in a solvent and have particles that are visible to naked eyes form a suspension. A suspension is a heterogeneous mixture. Collides are heterogeneous mixture in which the particle size is too small to be seen with naked eye but is big enough to scatter the light. Collides are useful in industry and daily life. The particles are called the dispersed phase and the medium in which they are distributed is called dispersion medium. Pure substances can be elements or compounds. An element is a form of matter that cannot be broken down by chemical reaction into simpler substance. A compound is a substance composed of two or more different types of elements chemically combined in a fixed proportion. Properties of compound are different from its constituent elements whereas the mixture shows the properties of its constituting elements or compounds. Thank you. Hello students, here Mrs. Varsha Koli, chemistry teacher for grade 9. The topic which we will be discussing today is, Is Matter Around Us pure. The objective behind this topic is to study the properties of pure and impure substances. Basically, the matter is classified in pure substances that is, elements and compounds, whereas impure substances mixtures. A mixture contains more than one substance mixed in any proportion. Mixtures can be separated into pure substances using appropriate separation techniques. The techniques are evaporation, separating funnel, sublimation, crystallization, centrifugation, chromatography, distillation, and fractional distillation. A solution is a homogeneous mixture of two or more substances. The major component of solution is called the solvent and the minor the solute. The concentration of solution is the amount of solute present per unit volume or per unit mass of solute solution. Materials that are insoluble in a solvent and have particles that are visible to naked eyes form a suspension. A suspension is a heterogeneous mixture. Collides are heterogeneous mixture in which the particle size is too small to be seen with naked eye, but is big enough to scatter the light. Collides are useful in industry and daily life. The particles are called the dispersed phase and the medium in which they are distributed is called dispersion medium. Pure substances can be elements or compounds. An element is a form of matter that cannot be broken down by chemical reaction into simpler substance. A compound is a substance composed of two or more different types of elements chemically combined in a fixed proportion. Properties of compound are different from its constituent elements. Whereas, the mixture shows the properties of its constituting elements or compounds. Thank you. Hello students, here is Ms. Varsha Koli, teaching for grade 9th Biology. Today, I will be discussing with the chapter Tissues. Tissue is the group of the cells similar in structure and function. Plant tissues are of two main types Meristematic and Permanent Meristematic tissue is dividing tissue present in the growing region of the plant. Permanent tissue are derived from the meristematic tissue. Once they lose the ability to divide they are classified as simple and complex tissue. Parenchyma, collenchyma and sclerenchyma are the three types of simple tissues. Xylem and phloem are the types of complex tissue. Animal tissues can be epithelial, connective, muscular and nervous tissue. Depending on the shape and function, epithelial tissue is classified as squamous epithelial tissue, cuboidal epithelial tissue, columnar epithelial tissue, ciliated and glandular epithelial tissue. The different types of connective tissue in our body include areolar tissue, adipose tissue, bone, tendon, ligament, cartilage and blood. Striated, unstriated and cardiac are the three types of muscle tissue. Nervous tissue is made up of neuron that receives and conducts impulses. Thank you. Hello students, here Miss Varsha Koli, teaching for Grade 9, Biology. Today, I will be discussing with the chapter, Tissues. Tissue is the group of the cells similar in structure and function. Plant tissues are of two main types meristematic and permanent. Meristematic tissue is dividing tissue present in the growing region of the plant. Permanent tissue are derived from the meristematic tissue. Once they lose the ability to divide, they are classified as simple and complex tissue. Parenchyma, collenchyma and sclerenchyma are the three types of simple tissues. Xylem and phloem are the types of complex tissue. Animal tissues can be epithelial, connective, muscular and nervous tissue. Depending on the shape and function, epithelial tissue is classified as squamous epithelial tissue, cuboidal epithelial tissue, columnar epithelial tissue, ciliated and glandular epithelial tissue. The different types of connective tissue in our body include areolar tissue, adipose tissue, bone, tendon, ligament, cartilage and blood. Striated, unstriated and cardiac are the three types of muscle tissue. Nervous tissue is made up of neuron that receives and conduct impulses. Thank you. Hello, students. Here, Miss Varsha Koli, teaching for Grade Nine Biology. Today, I will be discussing with the chapter Tissues. Tissue is the group of the cells similar in structure and function. Plant tissues are of two main types, meristematic and permanent. Meristematic tissue is dividing tissue present in the growing region of the plant. Permanent tissue are derived from the meristematic tissue. Once they lose the ability to divide, they are classified as simple and complex tissue. Parenchyma, colenchyma and sclerenchyma are the three types of simple tissues. Xylem and phloem are the types of complex tissue. Animal tissues can be epithelial, connective, muscular and nervous tissue. Depending on the shape and function, epithelial tissue is classified as squamous epithelial tissue, cuboidal epithelial tissue, columnar epithelial tissue, ciliated and glandular epithelial tissue. The different types of connective tissue in our body include areolar tissue, adipose tissue, bone, tendon, ligament, cartilage and blood. Striated, unstriated and cardiac are the three types of muscle tissue. Nervous tissue is made up of neuron that receives and conduct impulses. Thank you. Complex Permanent Tissue The different type of tissues we have discussed until now are made up of one type of cells which look like each other. Such tissues are called simple permanent tissue. Yet another type of permanent tissue is complex tissue. The complex tissues are made up of more than one type of cells. All these cells coordinate to perform a common function. Xylem and phloem are the examples of such complex tissues. They are both conducting tissue and constitute a vascular bundle. Vascular or conducting tissue is a distinctive feature of complex plants, one that has made possible their survival in the terrestrial environment. Xylem consists of tracheids, vessels, xylem parenchyma and xylem fibers. The cells have thick walls and many of them are dead cells. Tracheids and vessels are tabular structure. This allows them to transport water and minerals vertically. The parenchyma stores food and helps in sideways conduction of water. Fibers are mainly supportive in function. Phloem is made up of four types of elements. Sieve tubes, companion cells, phloem fibers and phloem parenchyma. Sieve tubes are tubular cells with perforated walls. The phloem is unlike xylem in that material can move in both the directions it and it phloem transport food from leaves to other parts of the plant so children today we will learn about the permanent tissues What happens when the cell formed by the meristematic tissue? They take up the specific role and lose the ability to divide. As a result, they form a permanent tissue. This process of taking up permanent shape, size and function is called as differentiation. Cells of meristematic tissue differentiate to form different types of permanent tissue. Simple permanent tissue. A few layers of cell form a basic packing tissue. This tissue is parenchyma, a type of permanent tissue. It consists of relatively unspecialized cells with thin cell walls. They are live cells. They are usually loosely packed so that large space between the cells are found in this tissue. This tissue provides support to the plants and also stores food. In some situations, it contains chlorophyll and performs photosynthesis. And then it is called as chlorenchyma. In aquatic plants, larger cavities are present in parenchyma. So, bioncy to the plants to help them float. Such a parenchyma type is called as aerenchyma. Parenchyma of stems, roots also store nutrients and water. The flexibility in plant is due to the another permanent tissue called enchyma. It allows easy bending in various parts of the plant without breaking. It provides mechanical support to plant. We can find these tissue in leaf stalks below the epidermis. The cells of these tissues are living, elongated, irregular, thickened at corners. Therefore, it is a little intercellular space. Yet another type of permanent tissue is clarenchyma. It is the tissue which makes the plant hard and stiff. We, we have seen the husk of coconut. It is made up of sclerenchymatous tissue. The cells of these tissues are dead. They are long and narrow as the walls are thickened due to the lignin, the chemical substance which acts as a cement and often and hardens them. Often these walls are so thick that there is no internal space inside the cell. This tissue is permanent in stems, around, ves- around vascular bundle in the veins of the leaves and in hard covering of the seeds and nuts. It provides strength to the plant parts. Thank you. So children, today we will learn about the permanent tissues. What happens when the cell formed by the meristematic tissue? They take up the specific role and lose the ability to divide. As a result, they form a permanent tissue. This process of taking a permanent shape, size and function is called as differentiation. Cells of meristematic tissue differentiate to form different types of permanent tissue. Simple permanent tissue. A few layers of cell form a basic packing tissue. This tissue is parenchyma, a type of permanent tissue. It consists of relatively unspecialized cells with thin cell walls. They are live cells. They are usually loosely packed so that large space between the cells are found in this tissue. This tissue provides support to the plants and also stores food. In some situations, it contains chlorophyll and performs photosynthesis and then it is called as chlorenchyma in aquatic plants larger cavities are present in parenchyma so buoyancy to the plants to help them float such a parenchyma type is called as enchyma. parenchyma of stems roots also store nutrients and water the flexibility in plant is due to the another permanent tissue collenchyma it allows easy bending in various parts of the plant without breaking It provides mechanical support to plant. We can find these tissue in leaf stalks below the epidermis. The cells of these tissues are living, elongated, irregular, thickened at corners. Therefore it is a little intercellular space. Yet another type of permanent tissue is Clarenchyma. It is the tissue which makes the plant hard and stiff. we have seen the husk of coconut. It is made up of sclerenchymatous tissue. The cells of these tissues are dead. They are long and narrow as the walls are thickened due to the lignin. The chemical substance which acts as a cement and offer and hardens them. Often these walls are so thick that there is no internal space inside the cell. This tissue is permanent in stems around vesk around vascular bundle, in the veins of the leaves, and in hard covering of the seeds and nuts. It provides strength to the plant parts. Thank you. Complex Permanent Tissue The different type of tissues we have discussed until now are made up of one type of cells which look like each other. Such tissues are called simple permanent tissue. Yet another type of permanent tissue is complex tissue. The complex tissues are made up of more than one type of cells. All these cells coordinate to perform a common function. Xylem and phloem are the examples of such complex tissues. They are both conducting tissue and constitute a vascular bundle. Vascular or conducting tissue is a distinctive feature of complex plants, one that has made possible their survival in the terrestrial environment. Xylem consists of tracheids, vessels, xylem parenchyma, and xylem fibers. The cells have thick walls and many of them are dead cells. Tracheids and vessels are tabular structure. This allows them to transport water and minerals vertically. The parenchyma stores food and helps in sideways conduction of water. Fibers are mainly supportive in function. Phloem is made up of four types of elements. Sieve tubes, companion cells, phloem fibers and phloem parenchyma. Sieve tubes are tubular cells with perforated walls. The phloem is unlike xylem in that material can move in both the directions in it phloem transport food from leaves to other parts of the plant
0: hello students in this podcast, we are going to understand the topic of gravitation. Under this topic, we'll be knowing gravitation, universal law of gravitation, importance of the universal law of gravitation, free fall, acceleration due to gravity and factors affecting the value of g. Earth attracts everything towards it by an unseen force of attraction and this force of attraction is known as gravitation or gravitational pull. Every object in the universe attracts other object by force of attraction called gravitation which is directly proportional to the product of masses of the objects and it is inversely proportional to the square of the distance between them and this is called as law of gravitation or universal law of gravitation. G, capital G is a constant and is known as a gravitational constant whose value is 6.67 into 10 raise to minus 11 newton meter square kg raised to 2. G is called universal gravitational constant and the expression for gravitational force is equal to G uppercase m smaller case m upon d square. Now let us see the importance of the universal law of gravitation. It binds us to the earth. Second, it is responsible for the motion of the moon around the earth. It is also responsible for the motion of planets around the sun. This gravitational force of moon causes tides in seas on earth. Now let us see the next concept that is free fall. When an object falls from any height under the influence of gravitational force only it is known as free fall. When an object falls towards the earth there is a change in its acceleration due to gravitational force of the earth. So this acceleration is called acceleration due to gravity. The acceleration due to gravity is denoted by smaller case g and the unit of g is same as unit of acceleration that is meter per second square. The expression for g that is small g is equal to gm capital M upon d square where m is mass of the earth and d is the distance between the object and the earth. Now let us see factors affecting the value of G. As the radius of the earth increases from the poles to the equator, the value of G becomes greater at the poles than at the equator. As we go at large heights, value of G decreases. Thank you. Thank you so much.
1: Hello students, Uh, here Ms. Varsha Kori, Chemistry teacher for Grade 9th. Today we will be discussing the topic Atoms and Molecules. During a chemical reaction, the sum of the masses of the reactant and products remain unchanged. This is known as law of conservation of mass. In a pure chemical compound, elements are always present in a definite proportion by mass. This is known as law of definite proportion. An atom is the smallest particle of the element that can exist independently and retain all its chemical properties. A molecule is the smallest particle of an element or a compound capable of independent existence and undergo ordinary conditions. It shows all properties of the substance. The chemical formula of a compound shows its constituent elements and the number of atoms of each combining element. Clusters of atoms that act as an ion are called polyatomic ions they carry a fixed charge on them. The chemical formula of molecular compound is determined by the valency of each element. In ionic compounds, the charge on each ion is used to determine the chemical formula of the compound. Scientists used the relative atomic mass scale To compare the masses of different atoms of elements. Atoms of carbon-12 isotope are assigned as relative atomic mass of 12 and the relative masses of all other atoms are obtained by the comparison with the mass of carbon-12 atom. The Avogadro's constant 6.0 22 into 10 raised to 23 is defined as the number of atoms in exactly 12 gram of carbon-12. The mole is the amount of substance that contain the same number of particles, atoms, ions, molecules, formula units, etc. As there are atoms in exactly 12 gram of carbon-12, mass of one mole of a substance is called as its molar mass. Thank you student.
0: Hello students, in today's podcast we are going to continue with free fall. Acceleration due to gravity. Whenever an object falls towards the earth There is an acceleration associated with the movement of the object and this acceleration is called acceleration due to gravity which is denoted by small g and SI unit of it is meter per second square. The expression for small g is equal to capital G that is universal gravitational constant into M that is mass of earth upon R square. Now, this value of g may vary at different parts of the earth. From the equation small g equals to capital Gm upon r square, it is clear that the value of g depends upon the distance of the object from earth's center. This is because the shape of the earth is not a perfect square. It is rather flattered at poles and bulged out at the equator. Hence, the value of G is greater at the poles and lesser at the equator. However, for our convenience, we take the constant value of G that is 9.8 throughout. What is this free fall then? When an object falls towards the earth due to earth's gravity and no other force is acting upon it, the object is said to be in free fall state. Free-fall objects are not even resisted by the air. g equals to 9.8 meter per second square is also called the free-fall acceleration. Hence, three equations of motion changes the acceleration and it replaces acceleration as g which gives v equals to u plus gt s equal to ut plus half gt square 2gs equals to v square minus u square. Now let us see the difference between mass and weight. First point mass is defined as the quantity of matter in an object, wherein weight of an object is the force by which the gravitational pull of earth attracts the object. Second point mass is a scalar quantity. Weight is a vector quantity. 3rd point, mass of an object is always constant and it depends upon the inertia of the object. The weight of an object can vary at different locations because of change in gravitational force of the earth. 4th point, mass can never be zero, weight can be zero at places there is no gravitational force mass is denoted by small g, weight is denoted by w, si unit of mass is kg and si unit of weight is Newton. Always remember, weight of an object on the moon is one sixth of its weight on the earth. Thank you.
1: Shall I do? Hello students, this is Ms. Varsha Kohli for grade 9th. Today we will discuss chemistry topic, atoms and molecules, subtopic molecule. A molecule is a general group or two or more atoms that are chemically bonded together, that is tightly held together by attractive forces. A molecule can be defined as the smallest particle of an element or a compound that is capable of an independent existence and show all the properties of that substance. Atoms of the same element or of different elements can join together to form molecules. Molecules of Element A molecule of an element are constituted by the same type of atoms. Molecules of many elements such as argon, helium are made up of only one atom of that element. But this is not the case with most of the nonmetals. For example, a molecule of oxygen consists of two atoms of oxygen and hence it is known as diatomic molecule. If three atoms of oxygen unite in a molecule instead of the usual two, we get ozone. The number of atoms constituting a molecule is known as its atomicity. Metals and some other elements such as carbon do not have this simple structure but consist of very large and indefinite number of atoms bonded together. Molecules of compound. Atoms of different elements join together in a definite proportion to form the molecules of compounds. Ions Compounds composed of metals and nonmetals contain charged species. The charged species are known as ions. An ion is a charged particle and can be negatively or positively charged. A negatively charged ion is called an anion and the positively charged ion a cation. Take for example sodium chloride. It constitute particles are positively charged sodium ion and negatively charged chlorine ion. It ions may consist of single charged atoms or a group of atoms that have a net charge of them. A group of atoms carrying a charge is known as polyatomic ions. Thank you.
0: Hello everyone, today we are going to start with all the formulas. Let us first consider three equations of motion where s is equal to ut plus half at square, v equals to u plus at, v square equals to u square plus 2as. Speed equals to distance upon time. Now let us see the formulas from force and laws of motion force equal to mass into acceleration, momentum that is denoted by p equals to mass into velocity and the third formula is conservation of momentum which says initial momentum equals to final momentum which is m1 u1 plus m2 u2 equals to m1 v1 plus m2 v2. Now let us move ahead with the chapter gravitation force that is gravitational force is equal to capital G that is gravitational constant capital M into small m upon R square. Small g that is acceleration due to gravity formula is capital G that is gravitational constant into M capital M upon R square. Weight equals to mass into acceleration due to gravity. Now let us see the formulas from energy and work. Kinetic energy formula is half into mv square potential energy is m into g into h and total energy is kinetic energy plus potential energy. Work done formula is force into s cos theta power is equal to Work upon time. Thank you.
1: Hello students. We will discuss today regarding the structure of atom. Class 9th Chemistry. J.J. Thomson proposed the model of atom. Thomson's model of atom. An atom consists of positively charged sphere and electrons are embedded in it. The negative and positive charges are in equal magnitude so the atom as a whole is electrically neutral. Rutherford's Model of an Atom There is a positively charged center in an atom called the nucleus. nearly. All the mass of atom resides in the nucleus. Electrons revolve around the nucleus in well-defined orbit. The size of the nucleus is very small as compared to the size of an atom. Drawbacks of Rutherford's model of an atom: The revolution of electron in a circular orbit is not expected to be stable. Any particle in a circular orbit, would undergo acceleration. During acceleration, charged particles would radiate energy. Thus, revolving would lose energy and finally fall into the nucleus. If if this were so, the atom should be highly unstable and hence matter would not exist in the form that we know. We know that atoms are quite stable. Bohr's model of atom. Only certain special orbits known as discrete orbits of electrons are followed inside the atom. When while revolving in a discrete orbit the electrons do not radiate any energy. These orbits or shell are called as energy level. Neutrons. In 1932, J. Chadwick discovered another subatomic particle which had no charge and a mass nearly equal to that of proton. It was eventually named as neutron. Neutrons are present in the nucleus of all atoms except hydrogen. In general, a neutron is represented as N. The mass of an atom is therefore given by the sum of the masses of protons and neutrons present in the nucleus. In the next part, we will be seeing about electronic configuration, valency, isotope, isobar, atomic number and mass number. Thank you. Have a good day.